because we're going to be intentional about our growing, okay? Welcome to Build Your Faith. I'm your host, Amaria Phillips, and I'm super excited for you guys to be tuning in today for today's episode because I have some special guests with me today, um, Allegra and Nicole. They're here to help me discuss about this super interesting topic that I will mention a little later on. But uh, yeah, I'll let them introduce themselves and then we'll get into the episode. So go ahead, ladies. Allegra, you could go first. Hi, I'm Allegra. Um, I'm a student in psych, and I absolutely love Christ, and I love the people of God, hence why I'm in psych and on this podcast. So yeah, I'm super excited to discuss our subject today. Hi, everyone. I'm Nicole. Um, I'm a biology student, and I love science. I love Jesus, and I love Black people, very pro-Black as well. So let me not leave that out. (laughs) (laughs) period well yeah thanks again for joining well accepting to join this uh podcast and this conversation girls we really appreciate it so without further ado give the people what they want um today's episode is called church hurts and this is actually inspired by allegra um because in our lockdown in montreal we had like a little lockdown um we all kind of just joined clubhouse around the same time and she opened up this room and it was called Church Girl Hurts, right? And it was really, really good. So this is like a part two of that. And it's not Church Girl Hurt, but just Church Hurt, period. Um, just to kind of touch on different things and to kind of, you know, get involved with the different aspects of where Church Hurt really comes from. So, uh, yeah, uh, I wanted to just say real quick, Church Hurt, I know this is something a lot of people Uh, face I know this is something when you talk to a lot of believers or spiritual people they tend to say yeah I believe in God or I believe in Jesus or you know I pray I do this but I don't associate myself with the church and um, it's kind of hard to hear because it's like man you know you have these people who really do genuinely love Jesus but they they don't want to have nothing to do with the church and you know I said it in my last episode uh, well the new episode now but by by next week it's going to be an old episode but in my episode religion versus relationship I kind of talk about how you know people church people tend to hurt you know other people and it sucks it's sad but it it prevents them from you know going to church and you know growing in Christ so we're gonna just talk about that and uh yeah so without further ado I'm gonna go with the first question ladies what is church hurt what is church hurt so for me I would say church hurt is just like the acknowledgement um that you were hurt by the people of God in the community that is of church um that hurt can be in many different ways, whether it was literally just like multiple rude, like disrespectful experiences, or it could be a little bit more, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but like things along the lines of misogyny or racism that were, that are definitely more deep. But yeah, church hurt in a nutshell is just like, you've been hurt or violated in a way by the people of God. Mm, Yeah, that's facts. Okay, so the way I see church hurt too, I think it's like, it, it associates with the fact that, you know, people that you think will never 
hurt you end up hurting mm-hmm. you. I think that's what stings the most like about mm-hmm. church hurt is because it's like you'll never expect it from someone who claims to be so full of love and full of Jesus, right? You mm-hmm. know, so that's why I feel like it gives a bad rep to the church because it's like, well, if you you're calling yourself a Christian and a believer and whatever, how are you so, you know, miss miss so and so holy and brother holy? How are y'all you know, hurting people if you guys are claiming to be of God and of Jesus, right? So mm-hmm. it makes people kind of side eye Jesus, Jesus too, because it's like, look, well, these are your people, <laughs> right? Like, this is who you, you send out into the world to preach your gospel, really, sir? Well, yeah, I don't know if y'all have anything to add to that. Yeah, I like the way I see it is very much like where the church locks, like, you know what I mean? Like, where the church is supposed to be. Um, giving the church is supposed to be comforting that's where like instead of doing that that's where they just don't do that at all if that makes sense it's just where the church lacks and then it ends up like hurting people if that makes sense yeah it definitely does it definitely does and even like again in well I'm saying today's episode but again by the time y'all listen to it it's gonna be last week's episode um (laughs) Yeah, I think the problem is there are too much religious people in the church. People who mm-hmm. you're you're only in the church to make sure you go to heaven and that's it. You don't really care about like other people. You don't really have love in your heart. You don't really um yeah, you don't really have love in your heart. So when people come into the church, you know, instead of loving on them and caring about them genuinely, you know, people tend to just talk about them and, you know, gossip and do all of these things that create church hurt. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, just to that point of um, people like just basically coming to church to prove a point <laughs> um, and to get <laughs> to heaven. Um, I think like I went to a conference um, recently and they pointed out the idea of vertical love and horizontal love. So I feel like a lot of uh, religious people that go to church um, have the vertical love, which is you and God. So like if you could draw a vertical la- line up and down, you loving God, mm-hmm. but they don't any love, um, they don't have any of the horizontal love, which is you loving your neighbors, the people right next to you, that Ooh. left and right, who's like, you know, directly next to I like to you. that. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when you look at it, the vertical love and horizontal love together form a cross, which is Jesus, right? And that is mm-hmm. ultimately our goal to love God and love people. But a lot of people seem to fumble the bag on loving the people part, you know, mm-hmm. even though like it's actually quite funny to me that a lot of the people who claim to be so religious and so holy are the exact people that Jesus would um, basically argue with, like the exact Pharisees that mm-hmm. like Jesus would come for them and they would have mm-hmm. nothing to say. It's like, you're literally doing exactly what Jesus criticized. So mm-hmm. this is very funny to me that y'all be reading the Old Testament and forget about the New Testament. But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. First of all, I love the example that you gave. That was beautiful. Perfect. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that before. But thanks for bringing that back to my memory. I'm using it forever now. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, for real, because that is so true. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it's like a part of the commandments to like, yeah, love the Lord your God. Love love your neighbor as yourself but love your neighbor is is still in there right like Mm -hmm. you still gotta love your neighbor and love is not you um talking bad about your you know your neighbor it has to have love right it's not just having people around you and you treating them any type of way the love factor is important in that you know commandment so thanks for bringing that up I feel like there really needs to be a balance like with Christians where it's like we 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 have to have a balance between like rules and like what we were born with like our st- stuff yeah. that are innate like love you know passion 
and like I feel like a lot of a lot of the times with Christian we tend to ignore like how we feel our gut feelings and all of these things and just focus on like these rules that sometimes we don't even understand and we know which leads us to like act badly if that makes sense I think there needs to be like kind of a balance between like rationality and then like emotions right and I feel like with Christians we just do well I mean this is what the Bible says so I think that it puts me in a position for me to be talking to you in this way or like you know and I feel like if we were to like kind of try to balance these things out well even if this is what the Bible says like right now I really I have this strong feeling that I should be doing this for you I feel like there needs to be a balance yeah no it makes a lot of sense and actually um I think that I'm glad you brought that point up point up because it kind of goes back to you know should a, a Christian not judge but um tell someone that they're doing something wrong right because sometimes mm-hmm. Christians do say something about something that they see as being wrong but it's not in what they say it's how they say it and that is the problem like if you're gonna come to me because I'm pregnant and I'm not married and I'm like 16 or 15 like are you telling this are you telling are you coming to me because you genuinely care and you're like look sis like you you yes you did something that's wrong but I got you if you need anything I'm literally here for you mm-hmm. why are you saying no you're wrong you're going to hell you don't come back to the yeah church. Like, mm-hmm. there's a big difference right because yeah you're acknowledging we're we're understanding that yeah I sinned I did something you know wrong here I'm the one wrong in the situation but how are you approaching me because the different the thing is when you're approaching me in a way that's judgmental it's like baby you ain't any better (laughs) you probably doing the same sin as me but I'm the one who got caught because I got pregnant you 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 didn't get pregnant so it's like (laughs) it, it come on now so I think that's the problem especially with religious folk it's like y'all be do like nobody's perfect we're all sinners so let's just yeah. not sit in the pews of the church acting like every you know y'all are perf- more perfect than us as, as mm-hmm. if your sin is better than mine sin is sin period okay next question <laughs> is have you ever been hurt by the church before Oof. <laughs> <Girl>. <laughs> how long do we have no, I'm just right like <laughs> <laughs> i kind of want to start okay so go ahead nicole um i've been hurt uh like by two different churches in two very different ways um Mm -hmm. but the most recent one has been the most impactful but um i guess i'll just start with the first one that's the church i grew up with um i'm Ganyan, by the way so i grew up like in the Ganyan church um the full like it was like a fully cultural um like methodist ganyan church so we had like the hymns and stuff like that but we also had the loud praise and worship four-hour service that whole thing right um Mm -hmm. and with like in a nutshell of what happened there um the youth were really forgotten about and um the way my church worked is that we had different rotations of pastors like they would basically work on a term for every five years so the newest pastor that came in for that um, term was, uh, people didn't like him, <laughs> long story short, people didn't like him, but his wife was the only person in all of like, at that point we were like all in high school. So like in 15-ish years, that was the first time we actually had someone care about the youth that like sat down and talked to us and listened to us. And we wanted to like ask, we, she let us ask the hard questions and things like that. But because people didn't like her husband within a year, of them being there they were kicked out the church um they weren't allowed to come back they were literally like banned off the premises and the only person that ever cared about youth was gone so from that like 
um, our church completely disbanded. People left into other churches in our area. Um, the congregation size decreased like by half. Um, and a lot of people just stopped caring about God in general. Like coming to church on Sunday for us meant you're seeing your friends. It meant you got to ask the hard questions. It meant you got to talk about your week. And all of that like spiritual connection, because I really believe in, in like the friendship and brotherhood and sisterhood in Christ. All of that was ripped away from us literally within a week so that really hurt and at, by that time for me it was graduation and i graduated high school moved to a different city um and went to a new church where i met allegra <laughs> and <laughs> that's church um and that was a different type of church right? because um it was racism yep it, yeah. <laughs> it was racism. um just having a pastor who claimed to love, like their church slogan actually was love God, love people, love life. Um, they was not doing the love people part at all. <laughs> like it was a white leadership with a majority black congregation, majority Nigerian, if I'm being specific, not a word was spoken on NSAR's movement, not a word, like people are hurting, not a word was spoken. When the Black Lives Matter movement came around, we literally had them bring a black police officer Oh, talk man. about the police <laughs> brutalizing black <laughs> people <laughs> and, and can i just can go, i just jump in a little go ahead yeah um yeah. <laughs> the police officer she was talking about the discrimination she faced to become a police officer in south africa mm. now <laughs> it has nothing to do with the police brutality that black people were facing in america so I think I think they really just said, well, this is a black police officer. I guess this will help the situation. And let's put her in. But so just to show you like how much like them bringing the police officer in really did not make any sense to what was actually going on. Yeah. Right. But yeah, Allegra, continue with um like if you want to talk about your experience at that church, because <laughs> um I'm not gonna lie, like that wasn't my first like um the first time I faced racism in church so like the sec like when that happened again like that was really tough and I only found out about it later and um I know that like what really hurt me is the fact that like I had these like black leaders for the first time right like mm -hmm. we had these really young like black leaders and it was really easy like to relate to them it was really easy to get in contact with them and we would have all these events together and when they left it really broke my heart like it really broke my heart to find out that like <laughs> there was too many black leaders like you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> like it made no sense to me and I and especially when there was like, you know, a black congregation, because even um, before in the church that I was in before there, it was more of like, I don't know, like you, there was a church culture, but I did not feel included in that church culture, mm. if that makes sense. Like they had all of these like retreats and they had like, um, they all knew each other and it felt kind of hard to like, kind of get in with them and um, even I wanted to become like a worship leader and they did make me one but it kind of felt off because um, I could never be on the big stage because of the way I looked <laughs> which is kind wow. of sad to say but like um, I was with these like with these um, sorry so on Friday was like our own like um, 
our own like uh, Sunday type of service, but for the youth. And I would sing on stage there. And on a Sunday morning, I would like, you know, go up to church and I'd find everyone that I sang with on Friday on, <laughs> on the stage on Sunday. And not that like, you know, like I wanted to be in the spotlight, but it was just kind of like, you can't help but doubt like, why wasn't I with everyone else? And it just happened that like, you know, I was the only black girl and especially that I was very loud about, um, I was very loud about, you know, like the difference between white and black and all of these things. And even with like, um, even advising like other youths, like I had no problem mentioning race. So, um, and there was a black guy, but he was very much like with all of the like, you know, white people and like not that there's an issue with it, but it was just like, I was excluded because all my friends were black because I was with all of the black girls. And then when it was time to sing on stage, I like, I, I, I didn't really understand. So that wasn't the first time that that happened. So then when Nicole and I met at that church and all of our black leaders were off stage now, you know, like I was like, finally, like, you know, this is different. And then it's like, they're trying to they're making it about race again it was just like wow like I really can't escape this <laughs> but yeah wow honestly that's crazy that you faced like it's, yeah it's just crazy that you faced that specifically racism in church which always just boggles my mind you know to face it already outside in the world in the church it's like it just shows how disconnected the leadership is from um just the people because how do you have a all black congregation and you're so um just not aware of what's going on or just you know it's just it's crazy and as a Christian you know you could expect that from your manager you could expect that from um just the regular regular white man on the street but to to get that same treatment from a pastor a leader it's pretty concerning like do you not care about your flock your sheep so yeah that's that's really crazy to hear the stories whether it's from the leadership or from people in the congregation it makes you think like man your church people are messy like (laughs) to be real honest like they're super messy but you know it kind of reminds me of the fact that you know the church is a hospital and so you're going to fr- find broken people. You're going to find wounded people. And I think that's just something to keep in mind when you do go to the church, because there's no perfect church, right? Like there's always going to be something. Um, just that's just how it is because we're human and human beings are um, imperfect, right? So there's always going to be something. It's just about, okay, where's God planning you? Is he, if, he, if he's planning you here, then you have to remember that you're not here for anybody else but God. You're here for mm-hmm. God, and that's it. Not to, to make friends. Well, I don't say not to make friends because you can make <laughs> friends, but not to get too attached to people because people will let you down, right? So mm-hmm. just really remembering that. And if God is not planning you there, then bye, leave. Like, you don't have to put up with it. So, exactly. yeah, it's just using discernment to, to figure out what God wants you to do. Um, Because my biggest thing is I don't like hearing people stay home. And, you know, that could have been your experience. I don't know if that was. And, you know, what, understandable because that's something probably I would have done. But when I think about, you know, the experience of church and the fact that you do get deliverance, and that you would not get when you're by yourself at home, right? You do get um, a word, you know, that you would not have gotten at home because God might be speaking through the preacher or the pastor or whatever. And, 
you know, thank God for online church now. So we don't really have a choice. But when we're talking about the like the physical church, like and you're just staying home, you might not get that same experience, especially if God mm-hmm. is calling you to get out of your house. Right. So, um, yeah, hearing people just stay at home, um, especially it, look, OK, before I, I, I don't want to go on a tangent, but <laughs> I heard one of my my biggest things, I remember t- talking to a friend about her, you know, staying home instead of going to church. And she's like, well, I could pray at home. But my question is, do you, though? do you right do you really (laughs) I think that's a lie that people tend to tell themselves oh I could do this at home but do you like church gives you that discipline where you it's like okay I have to do this because like I'm I'm in church this is the place of worship I'm not gonna like disrespect it or not do what you know I'm here to do it gives you that discipline and you practice that right but when you're at home it's easy to to slack off right I'll do it later I'll do it later so yeah that's just what I wanted to add I don't know if you guys have anything else to add before I move on yeah, just real quick. That's a really good point that you make. And like, that's why it's like faith has been so hard in this pandemic, because for a lot of us who especially grew up in church, it's like Sunday means you're getting up early, getting ready and going to church. And like, not having that was very, very weird at first, like for mm-hmm. me, and I'm sure for a lot of like other believers. So it it's really hard to like, keep that discipline to like log on to YouTube or whatever it is to watch your like online church. But yeah, I definitely miss, like, the in-person church, like, of course, I miss the after-church vibes, like, I am, like, craving that, and I, I just, I cannot wait to go back in person, because I really miss, like, actually being there physically, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, same, and it's also about, like, where are you growing your roots, right? Where yeah. are you growing your roots? I love Transformation Church, I'm Transformation Nation in my head, <laughs> Elevation Church, I love all of those churches, but it's not allowing me to grow my roots because it's online, right? I mean, again, everybody's online. Well, a lot of people are online. But when we do get to go back to the doors of the church, like, it's important for us to grow our roots. And it's hard to do that when it's only online, right? Mm-hmm. When it's mm-hmm. only online, it's just it's just hard to do. That's just my opinion. We could argue offline about it. But, like, <laughs> yeah, that's just how I see it. So, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely miss bringing people to church. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who would literally just come to church with me. She didn't really believe, but she would come to church with me just for the fun of like getting Starbucks before church. And she liked the live music. And I just kind of miss of like those people like not knowing that they're about to like kind of meet God or like not knowing what they're going to learn today. But I kind of miss like doing that with my friends, even though they weren't really like do um even though they weren't really like believers like I kind of miss like bringing people with me to church and I absolutely miss worship I miss hearing all the voices all together especially when the music stops and everyone you just hear a bunch of beautiful voices shouting the praises to God I absolutely miss that so I saw this quote um actually while you know preparing for this episode and it's says okay the only army that shoots its wounded is the christian army and i want to know if you guys agree with that the only army that shoots its wounded is the christian army honestly i i feel like right away i feel like saying yes um i think i'm gonna go with my gut feeling honestly yeah (laughs) i think i'm gonna have to agree it's obviously not like always or in all senses but a lot of the times the people that are bringing down like believers is other believers like if you're struggling with something people tell you like you shouldn't be struggling with that or gaslight you and tell you your experiences aren't real 
um and i feel like that's happened to a lot of people in the church and that is like the essence of church hurt so like that was like a very well put quote but yeah i definitely think that's true yeah i kind of agree with it um i think most of the time like people the like the way we go about like if we're using the expression like shooting like a wounded is they it just seems like there's like a sense of fear of like bringing up your problems because of like but they don't do it directly right like I don't think it's like done on purpose that like they hurt her people like I think it's more like well this is wrong and it shouldn't happen to you so people are kind of scared to bring up like their problems if that makes sense so like I agree with it like indirectly if that makes sense I guess that like kind of just speaks to the fact that even as much as like I like to criticize like Christianity and stuff like that and church people um we know the church is a like a body it's the people and it's made out of imperfect people so by mm-hmm. default the church itself is going to be flawed because we as people are flawed right but that's why we need Jesus and we continue to turn to him because he's the only one that isn't flawed but um yeah in all of that it's like it goes back to finding forgiveness and really like talking things out and communicating as to like how can we continue get to get over our imperfections so we don't continue to hurt people um because this this has been going on for generations right so Mm. we want to be able to like break this basically generational curse of church hurt because it's been going on for too long and if church is the hospital like you said Amaria where people come to be healed and it's filled with broken people like how do we continue to open the doors to the hospital instead of closing them off right my issue is when you know you have quote-unquote quote-unquote wounded like the quote says right people who are like babes in christ they're 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 not as mature in their spirituality and their christianity to be able to stand on their own right so Mm -hmm. when you have i don't want to say older because it's not just older people but when you have people who have been in the church for a longer amount of time that are supposed to know better but they don't do better i think that's the problem because Mm -hmm. you know when well, with my experience, you have these people who genuinely are seeking for God, but obviously they're not perfect, and obviously they're they're striving towards perfection. So they're not fully there yet, like a lot of us. But they're just they're just starting off Christianity. They're just starting off in their in their walk, right? So it's really hard for them, and it's even easier for them to fall back into the world, you know, if they don't have the proper guidance. So then they look for guidance in these seasoned saints but then they disappoint and it's like well I thought I could trust her I could I thought I could depend on her but or him but you know look what happened and and they give up on church because it's like well if someone who is so you know high up in the church and they claim that they've been in the church for years could do that to me imagine now you know so that is the issue like honestly and I feel really really bad that's why I keep repeating like the fact that you cannot look towards to these people for like don't put them on a higher pedestal than they that they need to be on right because people will disappoint you and so that's really my encouragement to anybody listening right now like don't put people on a pedestal don't even put the pastor on a pedestal because trust me we know american pastors especially Mm -hmm. wow they will really make you think that you know what church i don't want especially like on twitter um you see 
so many okay i'm gonna bring a little story up pastor michael todd when he i don't know if you guys saw the episode when he brought the when he made his whole stage like uh he filled it with water yeah yeah Yeah. oh the backlash you know (laughs) and i felt so bad for these people i don't know like pastor mike personally i've been watching and personally i connect with him that i when i watched that though i i I felt uncomfortable because I knew he was going to get backlash for that. Same. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I knew it because the thing is, Americans especially, they watch the money. They're like, yo, my tides are going into this pool that he put on the stage for what? You get what I'm saying? But that's church hurt. That's because they've been hurt because they've been putting Mm -hmm. their money into a ministry that's been hurting them in the past, right? So, that, that's where that stems from so it's like it's hard now to to look at people like pastor mike which I'm, I'm sure he's a great man of god and if he's not in the long run then he's not in the long run right but so far so good and you know it's hard for him to to just be this i i guess extravagant person with his examples and his sermon illustrations and whatever because you know people have been hurt by things like tithes and offering and things like that so it, it sucks but that's that's the world we live in honestly yeah I was gonna say I was gonna add like I feel like this makes me think of how you know like in a professional place like you know how to act towards your coworkers at work you know how to act towards like your um, schoolmates at school and I feel like there should be this like standard in churches where like we should teach each other how to kind of act with each other because you know, if a kid bullies someone in school, they'll, they know that it's bad, you know, they know that they shouldn't be doing this. Or if a boss says something inappropriate um, to, I don't know, someone that like, um, someone that reports to them, they know that they shouldn't be doing this and they might get in trouble. But in church, it's totally fine, for example, for elder to come, elder man to say to a younger girl, hey I don't um the way you're dressed is not okay and I feel like in churches we should have like we should build this culture and and teach each other on how to like treat each other if that makes sense like what's okay and what's not okay because it feels like we know exactly that it's we should be dressing nicely in church because we're going into the a place of worship we know exactly how to how to be in the place of God but we don't know how how to be with the people of God if that makes sense and I feel like there should be like this this churches should teach their congregations on what's okay to say and what's not okay to say and how how to act and not shame people when they come to you you know if that makes sense but yeah yeah and on, honestly I don't know Nicole if you wanted to add to that but I'm gonna just say real quick it really depends on the ministry too because if I look at you know the ministry of my father he he well that's what the pastor is there for he's supposed to correct right um mm-hmm. so when I look again at the ministry of my father he does the correcting now what I see is that the church people be mad when you know the pastor be calling them out that's what I see <laughs> you know it's not everybody obviously but either you know church people get mad they they then they don't want to come to church because all oh, the pastor talk spoke to me and 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 all that stuff 
or they just rebel they don't care they don't listen or like you said allegra like the 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 nobody's doing that type of like one-on-one conversation or that like conference meeting where it's like okay let's teach everybody to to treat everybody correctly either it's being done and it's being disrespected or it's just not being done at all so yeah it really depends on the church mm-hmm. yeah that's a very good point like basically about boundaries like I feel like church is like the one place where a lot of times boundaries get crossed like I'll speak specifically to the church that we were um Allegra and I were last at um you probably didn't she probably didn't like experience this as much because she's in a relationship but the relationship culture at that church was very much like if you stand next to like for me like if I stand next to a boy they're gonna be like oh so are you guys gonna go out for coffee and stuff like that like oh Oh are you single blah blah like that would be like one of the first things that I would be asked and I would get asked so many questions about it like and it felt very very weird to me like and I felt like that was a personal boundary they shouldn't have overstepped just like giving me basically like unsolicited dating advice and stuff like that like you don't know what my history is and stuff like that for you to just come in here and tell me like to start preparing for a husband and get ready to date and all these things like you don't know where I'm at what I've experienced like what I've gone through for you to just come and tell me that like it's anything you know so I think that's a very good point about boundaries and that's one specific boundary that was definitely crossed every single Sunday and Wednesday um Mm -hmm. at that last church you know it's just it's just something about being able to put your hands on someone that makes people think they can comment on certain things. Oh <laughs> yeah, because they nosy. They're nosy. They want to be like, ooh, so Allegra got a little boo in church, okay? So let's make sure we plan the wedding and, you know, all that stuff. Like, they're nosy. <laughs> but it's like, is that your business? <laughs> you yeah. Know? It's like, yeah, you yeah. prayed for me, but you can't comment on everything that happens to me now. Like... <laughs> out of context like you yeah. talk just talking to a guy doesn't mean you you guys like each other and you guys are going to end up married like that could literally be your brother in christ or your god brother <laughs> your cousin or whatever you know so <laughs> yeah okay moving to something i really wanted to talk about i wanted to talk about how do you think church people um approach women in the church i know we kind of you kind of touched on it a little bit nicole with the relationship thing but like yeah do you think there's a difference between how church people approach women versus how they approach men and is that a part of church hurt as well uh yeah I'll leave it oh, to yeah. you yeah because I was literally talking about this with my uncle this morning and how we were just talking about girl drama and I was just it kind of like relates to what I was just saying on how like just certain behaviors are just accepted are just like thought like with about this before but like my view on how like we um teach women and like um we raise women in the church it's a lot a lot of things are done for in the future when you get married in the future for when you have kids and then for men it's like in the future for when you take over something and I feel like this is both hurtful to both of us because a lot of women like we don't know how to be friends to each other after that um we don't know how to again we go into shaming each other for things that are just things that happen if your friend gets pregnant like you know you don't you we're we're gonna be so quick to like slut shame her Mm -hmm. because we've only been taught how to keep a man or how to 
be a good mother, how to be a good wife, but never how to be a good friend to your, to your neighbors, and which kind of sucks. And it's also hurtful for men because on their side, they're, while we're learning all of these things and how to keep, keep them or how to take care of children, they won't learn any of these things. I don't know what they're learning, but for me, when I when we had these girl boys retreat, they were definitely they were they were not learning anything. They were <laughs> at, at laser tag playing uh, or bowling or I don't know, and it ends up hurting both of us because in the future when we when we are at um, when we are at the point where it's time to like maybe find someone or God has someone for us, they won't know how to um how to um how do you say they won't know how to take not take care but they won't know how to how to act around us oh okay okay they won't know they they won't know because they haven't learned anything about it or they haven't even learned anything about how to be just a husband or you know or a good Mm. father or a good Um, person period (laughs) yeah exactly well see that's where I'm like they're even they're free to kind of decide that mm. but then for us it's more like you're a good person because you're a good mother and you're a good wife <laughs> so yeah why do I feel like we're gonna have to have an episode about relationships or something <laughs> because I have so many questions but it's super not related to the topic so yeah I'm gonna keep you posted on that but no you spoke facts because I'm seeing a lot of like patriarchy which okay if we really get down to bible like there are there is a cer- certain there are gender roles in the bible but they're just not as strict as people try to play it out to be nowadays but um yeah like for example women are not supposed to be you know in church or doing you know some people believe that women should be pastors for example like that there's nothing like that in the bible so <laughs> yeah things like that is too extreme but yeah like i feel like um especially when it when it came when it comes to teaching I feel like they just look at women because of pregnancy and they think that okay if I could prevent any young woman from not getting pregnant from not shaming their household or shaming the church we're good or we're great we're dandy so by doing that we're gonna make sure that we teach them about relationships we teach you know all that stuff so that that doesn't happen uh meanwhile the boys over there like you said playing laser tag and that has happened to me and I remember I was so vexed my cousin had to calm me down because it's like (laughs) bro we're at a conference we're over here we have to wake up earliest y'all if y'all know them church conferences you have to wake up early okay to Mm -hmm. get to those church conferences and you're there sitting there all day some sometimes it's fun sometimes it's boring and it's like the boys are just out there doing god knows what and it's like why do we have to be forced to be here when they're over there just chilling you know we're already in the Mm -hmm. u.s like i want to chill too we're in florida i want to chill too so what's up so yeah yeah it's also so hard like even at like specifically two church conferences that can be a whole different thing like (laughs) the mess at church conferences y'all don't even know oh my gosh but anyway like it was topic (laughs) you know like it was actually very interesting that you brought up like the boys could always go missing like but I swear down like if a a girl was like oh she's not in attendance I swear they would turn the whole church over trying to look for her but it would be like oh so-and-so isn't here like these two boys aren't here people just go oh my gosh well they're not here okay let's continue 
but I'm very sure they would not let any of the girls go missing. Like they wouldn't allow it. Um, no, and there's even like with the relationship thing, like, I don't, okay, I don't even mean to say this to like call up Pastor Mike because I do watch Transformation Church on Sundays as well. I haven't even gone through the relationship like series or anything, but like I'm only mentioning him because he's just like notorious for his relationship series. But a lot of like relationship advice, like um, like things in church and like preachings and sermons are mostly just talking about women and like how women need to like do this and that. So honestly, I just don't watch them because I don't feel comfortable. I'm like, there's no advice here for men. It's just telling me that you, I don't need to dress up to attract a man and I don't need to do this and I don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, where's the advice for the men? Like, I never, I rarely ever hear that. And it's just like, that's not even just like a one pastor issue. It's just like, in general, the way churches view relationships is just, I don't really like that. And I'm not really into it. So honestly, I just don't watch um, relationship like based sermons um and also my experience of like the girls being treated differently than the boys was definitely with dress code like um mm -hmm. at the church that I grew up in like of course like the girls would always get scolded for wearing certain things but what was very interesting as well for me is that like I can say as someone with like a more like slim body type like in comparison to like my I honestly, we grew up basically as cousins. So like I refer to them basically as cousins like who grew up in church with me because they're more, I guess what you could expect to be like your typical like Ganyan girl, your typical West African girl that's like more curvier, more developed. Like the things that I wear, like if they wore that, they would get like yelled at, they would get scolded, all the aunties would be looking at them. But if I wore it, like it would be nothing. Like, you know, so, and I would always notice that like, that they treat girls differently based on their body type. And like, I understood the privilege of what I could wear to church versus like my cousins and my sisters, what they couldn't wear. So that's one thing mm -hmm. I always noticed growing up. I'm like, I wore something almost exactly like that. And no one said mm -hmm. anything to me, but as a child, I didn't know how to navigate that. I didn't know how to use like, even what was my body type privilege to like stand up for my sisters and be like, no, that's not fair that you guys get to say that to them and you don't say it to me. But mm -hmm. yeah, like as a child, I, I didn't know how, like, I didn't know what to do with these feelings. I just knew it wasn't right. So that's like another thing I feel like definitely needs to be addressed. Yeah. And like, I feel like <laughs> for like the people listening, I feel like the minute who she asked that question, we brought up relationships. But this is really how much we hear about it. Like, <laughs> right? So I'm like, oh, we need a part two about relation relationships because I could go days. Like, yeah, that's all they preach about, bro. But anyways, <laughs> and even like, even just sermons. Like, I can't even, I can't even tell you how much I heard about purity as a child. <laughs> oh my gosh! Don't get me started. What, and like things that will. Okay, there is like such a small amount of like subjects they can talk about when it comes to women and it's like our worthiness um our, our pureness and um maybe like being a good like caretaker in the future and it but it'll always be like you know hidden under like really nice pretty words but you'll never ever find out how does purity look on a man mm. <laughs> you'll never ever like find I don't know I I cannot tell you I can tell you that for me when I was younger it was like pure you're a calm woman 
you're a virgin, all of these things. And then with men, I I don't know, Maria Nicole, can you tell me no. <laughs> what that looks like? I don't know what that <laughs> looks like either, sis. Oh yeah, I was gonna talk about uh, modesty too, since you brought up purity. Modesty too, like you always hear that topic about addressing mm-hmm. in the church. And I'm not saying none of these topics are bad. Obviously, they need to be taught, but we're just talking about it needs to be equal on both spectrums, right? Because uh, church people tend to only focus on women and then they create church hurt through that you know i've heard of so many women who, who was like yeah i'm not going back to that church because they're over there telling me how to dress right and you know mm-hmm. it's again it's not in what you say it's how you say it if you're saying oh well you come to church like that you're looking like a slut and then you expect her to come back to church to the same church no <laughs> like be real you know yeah. so or when you have like church people talking about oh my god look at her skirt it's too short and then why she come to church like that you know like bro you don't think she hears that you don't think that like that's not gonna come back to her ears and then you expect her to come to the same church really Mm -hmm. so it's just there's a lack of 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 care there and a lack of real uh, being realistic with just these things because yes we have aunties that may talk to talk to us like that but i'm not normalizing that i'm not normalizing that in my in my own personal life neither should it be normalized Mm -hmm. in the church right and i wanted to say something about modesty because um um nicole you brought up the dressing right Mm -hmm. um for me I remember and again I'm a pastor's daughter so I remember I would wear dresses and this was like a grade I was like 12 13 okay so um yeah I would wear dresses and I mean I started dressing well started dressing myself I started dressing myself more let's just put it like that um (laughs) and honestly I didn't think the dresses I was wearing to church were bad if they were bad trust me my dad would have told me about it right before I left the house so there were fine dresses. Some of them were loose, but some of them were straight dresses, not fitted to the point where you see, like, you know, right through me or anything, but they were straight dresses. But mm-hmm. I was a curvy little girl, right? So obviously in certain things, you would just see curves. It's it's a straight dress. What do you expect? Man, even if I mm-hmm. wore a, a flowy dress, like people would, just, you know, mention the curves and whatever. And people would tell me, oh, yeah, you shouldn't wear that to church, you know, and then go tell my mom, you need to dress your daughter better. You need to tell your daughter not to leave the house like that, all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. And it's like, okay, cool. It got to me when I was younger. I wore literally for maybe like a good two, three years. I wore pants to the point where when I wore a dress to a special event at church, people were like, oh, my gosh, you're in a dress. I'm like, yeah, yeah, because you bullied me into not wearing dresses anymore, you know, so it, it, it was damaging for me, you know. And I can imagine if I wasn't, you know, at the time, yeah, I was forced to go to church because, you know, whatever, I, I'm, I'm young. But yeah, if if I had the choice at that time, I wouldn't be going to church anymore because it's like, why would I go to, to, to be around people that were talking about me, saying things are too short, you know, all that stuff? Like, come on now. So it's just until this day, people will tell me like, oh, I don't like what you're wearing or it's, I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's not you're not wearing it. And obviously I'm not dumb or, you know, you know disrespectful to wear something completely inappropriate in church but at the same time this is what I'm wearing you know so mm-hmm. and it makes us like us women it makes us feel like we're less in in God's eyes like we're not because when it comes to men like you know it feels like they're able to mess up and like hence like why we all we're always talking about pornography right and you should see the way they like take on the subject of pornography and I'm not saying they should be like well pornography is wrong 
but this is what they do with us dressing like this is wrong you know and it's just a whole lot of screaming and then with men it's like well you know you have the space to mess up and then like just you know if you have the right you know um if you have the right attitude if you if your heart is in the right place god will forgive you but us it feels like if we ever just i don't know like even just dress not mo- like in a non-modest way it's like the end of the world like mm-hmm. and it it never comes back to forgiveness but i feel like with a lot of issues that men have it always comes back to forgiveness you know but with us it's like there's no point there, there's no turning back now type of thing and it's it makes us feel less in god's eyes because like we're taught to be mothers we're taught to be we're taught to be wives but like we're children of god first mm-hmm. you know and it's very it makes us feel like hurt like we're literally hurt by the church when these things happen and then we end up in these we end up in these different friendships and relationships not knowing where we really stand in 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 God's eyes we just know where we stand in churches in the church's idea of purity yeah and even in the conversation too of um like dressing and stuff like that right you know we're always told okay your dress your dressing is making the men sin when it's like uh they shouldn't be looking at me and lusting that's the problem you know and and that's like that's really it oh yeah well you have someone who's addicted to pornography it must be because of how you're dressing what like what where's where's the link here you know (laughs) where's the correlation yeah seriously so that's that's how a lot of church people and a lot of church leaders make women feel like in the church hence why they create church girl hurt um yeah I don't know Nicole if you wanted to add anything to that yeah just like real quick I just want to say like to bring your two points together um that basically for a lot of women and girls in the church it's like you have the responsibility of like basically don't get pregnant and you know like don't mess up and as well as the responsibility is of don't make the boys mess up like it really seemed like oh, everything yeah. was like on your shoulders and like like we said before most of the times the boys got to do whatever they wanted they got to mess up and god would forgive them if they did something like even in um like i'll say for my church experience that i grew up in like we'd start off every sunday because the kids didn't necessarily sit up with the adults we'd have like our own like children's basically sunday school um even Mm -hmm. until like our teens age um but we'd sit down and talk and we'd always start off with how was your week and for the boys as they talked about oh yeah this girl blah 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 like it would always be funny and like people would laugh but what the girls would talk about this guy blah blah people go so like you know like it was mm-hmm. more judgmental it's just like yeah for boys it was so normalized that they got to get into many as many relationships as they wanted to and basically be teenagers and then for girls it's just like no you have to be a woman you have to be mature you have to it's just like bro that is literally the opposite like of what jesus would want like you literally picking and choosing who gets to make mistakes when the reality is we all get to make mistakes because god will forgive us all like you know, mm-hmm. instead of like, and that's the thing they would want us to seek the church's forgiveness instead of God's forgiveness. And they never really would like, you know, like there wasn't really any difference. So the lines became so blurred that it felt like if the church was mad at me, if the church didn't forgive me, God is mad at me. God doesn't forgive me when that's completely yeah. true. I love but, that. Yeah, I just want to bring that up. 
that's so true because for someone who doesn't know what you know especially when in their eyes god is in these church people if they're constantly getting like lashed um by these church people or corrected by these church people they're obviously gonna think well god doesn't love me either and god doesn't Mm -hmm. disapproves of me too when really Mm -hmm. no it has nothing to do with that but this is why people leave the church and this is why people try to well not try to but end up distance distancing themselves from god because they think god doesn't love them which shouldn't be the message of the church at all Mm -hmm. so i guess my last question would be like what do you think needs to change in this church I don't want to call it church culture, but in the church experience right now, what do you think needs to change to make sure people, less and less people, um, face church hurt? Um, I would say, I don't know if this is far-fetched, but I would really like to see churches where there's multiple pastors. Um, I feel like in this way, we get more of like, when it comes to like the way the church is or how to raise the congregation there'd be more different opinions like I feel like if there was like different people leading the church we come up with like different ideas like that's like my more like practical um idea of like um ways we can change the church and then also um include guys and girls in all of like these sermons if that makes sense I agree with that Nicole it just oh go ahead Allegra sorry sorry I was just gonna add like a sentence like I just don't think it should come down to one person deciding like that's Mm -hmm. what I meant but yeah sorry Nicole go ahead (laughs) yeah and even to that I think that's very important because a lot of churches end up like praising the pastor and like the pastor's mm-hmm. word becoming the end-all be-all instead of like God's word and that can even create this like celebrity pastor mindset like I read this really interesting article about how you don't necessarily need to have thousands and thousands of people in your congregation to like behave like a cel- a celebrity pastor and mm-hmm. I definitely saw that at my most recent church but yeah that's, oh, that's yeah. a conversation <laughs> but um that mindset's very toxic but anyways um what I would like to see to like basically eradicate church hurt is definitely more sermons on horizontal love like what I was talking about before um I feel like if we really go into like the teachings of Jesus and actually examine how he taught people um how he like treated people would be like it would actually be quite mind-blowing for a lot of people to understand and even going into the historical like um like the history behind him doing certain things like the woman caught in adultery for example first of all where did the man go (laughs) no one wants to talk about that she was caught but it was not it was a two-person job so I don't know where homeboy went but when she was (laughs) like (laughs) when she was caught to be stoned and everyone's like Jesus so the old testament says that we're supposed to kill her and you're you're gonna just stand there and say no and then he's just like actually all of us are sinful no and then they're like "Mm, you're right and even the (laughs) fact that he went to her like y'all have to realize the the height of patriarchy that this society was in for a man to go talk to a woman for a man to say you're you're forgiven to a woman like Jesus loved women like Jesus Mm -hmm. actually appreciated and treated women as equal so all the misogynic, just misogynistic pastors, just no counter days, eh? But anyways, no. <laughs> <laughs> really, but like just to see how Jesus taught um, 
like treated women for example is a huge thing that people miss like you don't understand how big of a deal it was for a woman to touch his robe and be healed and like him not like he said who touched me he he wasn't pressed he just wanted to know like it, it was just very interesting to like see the interactions of jesus and the social like implications of that time if people brought it to now they'd be like oh my gosh i have to care for my black brothers and sisters for women for people in the lgbtq community instead of constantly turning these people away from church instead of judging them and stuff i would really 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 Ooh. want to preach more Pastor about- Nicole. <laughs> no, she's preaching. You speaking. <laughs> Wow, that was real, though. Thank you, guys. Don't gas me. Don't gas me. But <laughs> no, no, because we needed to. We needed to. <laughs> that was a word. <laughs> no, but really, just seeing like who Jesus was as a person and actually walking in the light of Jesus every day and what that looks like to be more Christ-like is, if we had that, there would there would be no church hurt. So mm. that's that piece. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, Lamar. No, 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 go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no and I feel like exactly like the cold put it to her it's like what I was trying to say like before about like the whole like what behavior is not to have you know because mm-hmm. if we were had sermons more like Nicole was talking about like you know you would you would think twice before going to tell that little girl she has a short skirt and you're too I don't know you know what I mean mm-hmm. like yeah yeah Yeah, I completely agree with both of your points. And even to wrap up both of your points, what I I was going to say is uh, first with Allegra's point, um, I think um, it's important to have more people. Okay, so churches usually have a hierarchy. Um, Obviously, it depends on your church. It depends on the denomination or the non-denomination that it might, you know, associate itself with. But usually it has a hierarchy. And what I like to see and what I think people should do once entering, well, first of all, what you should do is use discernment, ask God, all of that stuff. But also make sure you do a little research on how your church functions, because some churches are not transparent with things like financing and things like that, right? Some pe- churches mm-hmm. are, right? So um, with things like that, even if you have one pastor in power, he still has to answer to a group of people, right? Like a board of examiners or a yeah. board of whatever, right? And obviously if that is not into play and you hear this in american churches and it obviously depends on the church again but you hear this a lot in american churches where there's no board it's just a pastor alone who's handling the money or he has a little secretary but you know everything goes through him that's where there's like misuse of money and it's like you see pastor pull up in a Benz or a lamborghini and <laughs> you get what i'm saying so it's like yeah. when there's nobody to to what's the word to to have accountability or to help with accountability that's where it's like it seems like the ship is gonna sink right so Mm -hmm. I completely agree with your point with having more more than one person in power quote quote unquote or more than one Mm -hmm. person to conduct the important duties of the church because yes church is about like you know you're growing your faith building your faith um your salvation all that stuff but there is a certain I don't want to call it a business side because that people hate that word, but there is a certain, um, I, I don't know what to call it, but a certain, I guess, structure that has nothing to do with that part, right? Because there's mm-hmm. still a building to uphold. There's still some cleaning to do. You get what I'm saying? So there's still that side of the church and the pastor does have to think of all of these things once the church members go home. 
but you know when it's him and him alone you you know like what's going on here for real you know i'm not saying all pastors are bad but it seems like when it's just one person alone handling everything that's where it becomes misuse and again church um church pastors are human too you know the temptation might come and you know when you see all that money and you're the only one attending to it you know (laughs) that temptation might come so you know but when there's someone else it helps a lot and also to nicole's point um let me try to remember it actually i I had it at the tip of my tongue uh man oh you know what i'm gonna leave it the way it is because it probably wasn't meant to be said but yeah i don't know if you guys have any last words to say I know you had questions and there was one that I liked and it was just like for listeners who like are having a hard time in church yeah. like you know um church doesn't always have to be like um how do you say it, it doesn't always have to be like this building with you know the pastor on stage and worship like it it could also be like you like you know um seeing your friends and like bible study that could also be church or worship and also like I think it also helps to um see church as like not all of your faith but like just to live that something that's part of your faith like a a 10% part of your faith that like um is the community aspect of your faith so like you know Nicole and I met not in a not not great church but Nicole and I like like text every day almost <laughs> like we we send each other memes and you know sometimes Nicole calls me and it's and it's really great to like have this Christian friend but we we didn't meet in a in a great church you know so that's where like the community aspect of church comes in mm-hmm. and yeah. to that real real quick um yeah I just want to remind people that church is a community it's people like Allegra said it's not necessarily a building and a pastor on stage so like I really really encourage people to find Christian friends find other believers like it might be hard but like literally use the internet to your advantage like I met Amario through Clubhouse and now like I have a whole podcast to listen to now like a new Christian podcast to listen to I have a friend to text and like someone to just like contact and stuff like that and like you will find your people like there are other like cool Christians out there that you can get in contact with. And it's just really important to have other people on your faith journey because I'm, I promise you cannot like go on this journey by yourself. You cannot walk alone. So I just really want to encourage people like to basically do what Allegra said, like have Bible study with your friends. Or if you don't know how to start that, just start with like everyone come over or like a FaceTime call of like, what, what are the questions you guys have about God and about faith? And then start diving into the word about it because you want some answers and praise God together. Like that's church. That's the essence of church. That's what it started as like in the Bible before they had stages and microphones like and fancy lights, they just had each other. So I just want us to go back to that. And like, I feel like that's low key what God's been teaching us during this time in the pandemic specifically for mm-hmm. church is that like, church is the people you don't need the building because he says where two or three are gathered in my name there I am so I just mm-hmm. want to remind people like if it's just you and your homegirls you're good that's church and yeah. that's enough. so God sees it and God loves it and he rejoices in it so take that and do with that what you will <laughs> yes I love that 
that was a great way to end actually honestly <laughs> that was a good wrap up well again thank you guys so much for joining this conversation on my podcast i really really appreciate it i think this is really going to help someone who's been struggling with their faith and struggling with church and struggling with their church hurt like get past it or at least help them advance from it and uh so i hope i hope this really does help someone but um, i'm still grateful for the conversation and so yeah thanks again for joining guys and everyone who's listening we'll talk in the next episode (laughs) Bye. bye bye